I hope you all got a sheet of paper when you came in. Anybody that didn't get one, everybody has one? Good. You won't be tested. I uh, was wondering about that. But as I give my talk, you can fill in the blanks. I'll give you a help on the first few that I do. After that, you're on your own to either listen or look them up at a later time. If you missed going Friday night to the New Testament church up in Messina, you missed a great presentation, <clears throat> the King's Brass. But before them, they had the Northern Brass, which Glenn and Diane uh, were part of. Beautiful, beautiful music we heard, and what a testimony for the Lord. Uh, we were blessed, even entertained, but blessed spiritually by that. How many of you saw the Jesus Revolution? Anybody? Good, good. It's on Netflix, and you can stream it, if you know what that means. <laughs> Took me a long time to figure that one out. <clears throat> but the Jesus Revolution will give you an idea of how this church started and when it started. It started with a revolution out in California that went sweeping here, and the Holy Spirit was really moving back in the days of the late 70s. Now, another question I have for you. How many of you have a dog? Oh my, you know what I'm going to say. The two words that I use most about our dog, which is a Shih Tzu named Gracie, the two words I use most during the day is no bark. It seems like every deer that comes across our place, that dog goes wild. New people coming, which in a way it's good. We don't have a doorbell, so I know when someone's at the door, our dog Gracie will let me know. <clears throat> Today I'm going to be talking about someone in the Bible who was a beggar, who was blind, whose name was Bartimaeus, who very much like a barking dog. Except in the case of Bartimaeus, he begged, and he was in a city named Jericho. Now, Jericho was the oldest city in the world, still is to this day. And Jesus, on his way to go to Jerusalem for the Passover, was going to pass through this town of Jericho. Now, Jericho was not only the oldest city, but was the first city that the Israelites, when they crossed the Jordan into the Promised Land, that was the first city they came upon to conquer. And if you remember the story, Joshua took the Jews and marched around seven, the seventh time, and the walls came down, and they started to conquer for the Promised Land. Now, Jesus had just left Amy with his disciples for Jerusalem. He had just told them for the third time that he was going to be killed. And they really still didn't understand that. They were going to a great festive. Seven days they would be involved in the Passover. And shortly when Jesus would be going to end up going to the Passover, he then would be crucified, and that would be it. 
Now that's an important part of this story because the uh, Bartimaeus, the beggar, Jesus was walking through and when he was just about ready to leave that town, he came upon a disturbance. And this disturbance was like Bartimaeus being a barking dog. If I could have the uh, scripture up, Mark 10, 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. And as Jericho and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now I hope you have filled in the first one, which is faith. Did you get that? Your faith has healed you. That's a key point. Well, much could be learned about the Bartimaeus story. First of all, it took faith. And, per, and believing to produce that miracle of his sight. And Bartimaeus knew who Jesus was. He called him the Son of God. And that was the name you would give the Messiah. So he was right on track. He knew how to get one's attention. He yelled and got their attention. He barked. He threw away his major possession, a cloak, and follow Jesus. That's the second fill-in. He threw away his major possession. However, the main point I want you to take away from this story is not all these things that happened for the miracle to take place, but the fact that Jesus never entered Jericho again. Never entered. No one knew this at the time, especially Bartimaeus. It ended up being a one-time event, and Bartimaeus made the most of it. Now, there are a lot of ifs involved in this story. What if Bartimaeus didn't believe Jesus could heal him? What if Bartimaeus wasn't ready to meet Jesus on that particular day because he never would return again? What if Bartimaeus didn't cry out loudly to be heard? What if he just said, oh, well, they can't hear me. He's polite, didn't want to be rude. And so Jesus went on without even hearing him. What if Bartimaeus gave in to the crowd? And when they said, stop yelling, and that he stopped to be nice. What if Bartimaeus didn't refer to Jesus as the Messiah by calling him the Son of God? Well, there's a lot of what-ifs, but all of these 
what what ifs revolve around the fact that Jesus never returned to Jericho again. If Bartimaeus hadn't done what he did, then and there, he probably would never have received his sight. Well, how can we apply this to us today? Well, first, we need to be ready when we need to be ready. And we need to be on time. We need to be prepared. Uh, John Wooden, famous basketball coach of UCLA, and Jerry Welch from our own Potsdam Bears used to have a sign overhead that said, preparing to, failing to prepare is failing, is preparing to fail. Let me do that one again for you. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Be, be committed. That's another thing we can learn from this story. And claim Jesus as the Son of God and speak up and don't cave in to the crowd when it comes to Jesus. The Bartimaeus story is for all of us, but it is especially important to those who have never asked Jesus Christ to come into their heart as Lord and Savior and to be saved. When I was a new Christian, I have to tell you, I was brought up as an Episcopalian. And back then, in those days, the word saved to us Episcopalians was a weird thing. They were fanatics. And so I almost try to keep away from the people who would say, are you saved? And I would say, don't bother me. Well, you know, a lot happened to me, especially when I started reading the Bible. And when I was 20 years of age, I went, I decided I was going to go to church. I was in the service, and it was a chapel. And it was a man named Chaplain Allen, which I will never forget, who preached the Word of God. And that was the first time I'd ever, I'd always learned by the Book of Common Prayer. And he just said, da 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 da. The priest would go, da 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 da. Then we would go, da 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 da. And that would be it. And this guy got up and he just opened his Bible and started preaching from it. And I thought, wow, it's beautiful. I love it. And he used the word saved. A number of times. I kind of cringed. I think, gee, he's such a nice guy. Why doesn't he use a different word? Well, each Sunday for about three Sundays, he kept begging for a Sunday school teacher for the middle school Sunday school class. And each Sunday when he would ask, I'd keep thinking, well, isn't anybody here going to be the teacher? So one, one Sunday, he didn't preach, and he didn't ask. He, he didn't ask for a Sunday school teacher. So when I went out to shake his hand, I said, Chaplain, you got yourself a middle school teacher? And he said, no, but I think God would use you. And I go like, I never taught anything before. I mean, and I, <laughs> you know, it's funny because he, he said something like, would you do that for me? And it was like, for God? And I go like, I couldn't say no. I, I wanted to, 
but I couldn't. And I said, okay. So he handed me this book. I never, I didn't even know what it was. So I asked him, I says, what's this? He says, teach it to the class. What is it? He says, the New Testament, the Bible. I said, I've never read it before. Well, he says, start reading it and teach it to the kids. I said, does it have a teacher's edition? <laughs> and he, he, he laughed and he said, no, what I want you to do is whatever you read, teach it to the kids. And that was it. Now, I was an airborne radio operator, and I, we had 16-hour missions where we flew up and down the East Coast with our radar, uh, trying to keep the enemy from coming into America. And I had, uh, as a radio operator, I had eight hours on, but I had eight hours off. And I started reading this. I was amazed at the number of times that the word saved was in the Bible. And I, all of a sudden, I wanted to know more about being saved myself. You mean I wasn't saved? I went to church all the time. I even sang in the choir. I was an altar boy for the priest a number of years. Well, the following scriptures so show God's plan for people to enter heaven and have a life that is everlasting. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6.33 I hope you're filling in as we're going along. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, there's that word, you will be saved. For it is with a heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Romans 10, 9, and 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. To wrap this up for you, and it's something I had to look at myself at age 20, that I, I had to recognize, first of all, that I was a sinner. And when the Bible says all have sinned, nobody can get around that one. Even the first commandment, we probably break that continuously. But we, we, we need help. How, how can I ever get to God, who is a holy God, and will never allow any sin to be with him up in heaven? Well, the answer was forgiveness. That if I confess my sins to him, even though my sin caused death for me, if I didn't have them forgiven, he would forgive me if I confessed them to him. What a beautiful day that was when I made that decision to do that. 
But you know, I had one big hang-up. My hang-up was I was ready to go all the way, except it was I did not want to give up my will for his will. I, I was one that felt like I could pull my, all my problems up by myself, put my boots on by myself. I didn't need God's help. And then I started thinking, well, if I ever did give my heart to Christ, he might call me to be a missionary in a third world country where they kill people there. And I wanted to get married someday. I wanted to have children someday. I wanted to maybe even graduate from college someday. And, and that would, if I gave my life to Christ, he may, you know, again, reading in the scripture, it says if, if someone asks the father for a piece of bread, he's not going to hand him a stone or a serpent. He's going to give him that bread. And then I had to finally realize, okay, God, I'm going to give you everything. I'll surrender my will to your will. And then, just like the Bible said, I became a new creation. All of a sudden, I really enjoyed life. I had that peace that I didn't have before. I had a joy that, indeed, the Bible says is unspeakable. And... I might add, I thought I was pretty religious up to then. But it says, you've got to believe in your heart and you've got to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And that's the key. A lot of us, when we go by works, if I come to church every Sunday, if I teach Sunday school, if I, you know, as a nice person, I'm good to my neighbors, that's good enough. It's not because sin still is dwelling within us. It needs to be confessed and turned over to God. The Bible calls it repenting. Repenting means do a 180. And when you give your life to Christ and surrender your will to his, that's when it's a 180, not when you're doing your works. Let's see. <laughs> carried away. I'd like to ask, we're getting close to the end, but I'd like to ask if you're not sure that you've ever received Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you've been a good, nice person, and today you heard words that said, maybe that's not good enough. I'm going to give you an invitation today to receive Christ as a Lord and Savior of your life, to become a new person if you so desire. And to, to become a Christian isn't a great hard thing. That's the beauty of it. It's just a prayer of confession and receiving. It's not any works. I'm not going to give you 14 things you have to do when you leave here, and that'll make you a Christian. It's a beautiful thing to know that this invitation is open for everyone. And there may be some here today that made a confession to Christ, but maybe it's time to make a reconfession, if you will, a rededication of your life back to the Lord full time. You've let things slip by, you've let some habits take over in your life that 
need to be given up. And I would say, like Bartimaeus, now's the time. Don't miss it. You may not have another chance. And you may say, oh, yeah, there's tomorrow, there's next, next Sunday maybe. I'll. You don't know that. None of us do. And uh, I can give you too many stories um, about you better not wait. Let me give you one. My wife gave me permission to tell the story about her mother, how her mother received Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. She was in her late 80s. She was almost blind. She was having some surgery, serious surgery done on her eyes. We went to the hospital and we're waiting in the room and she's on a stretcher ready to be wheeled in for surgery. And we have prayed for, for her mom for quite a few years to ask Christ to come into her heart. Uh, and it was hard to even talk to her about prayer or anything. She just, you could just see the walls go up the minute we would try to talk anything spiritual. We've gone to the grave site of Mary Lynn's dad a number of times. We put flowers there and we give a little prayer. And every time, kind of, Mary Lynn will say, I hope he's in heaven, but I don't know. Uh, we never, he never went to church, but he was a nice person. I, I just don't know. And it kind of hurts. And you don't. You just you hope God's a forgiving God, you know, and all that. But we were, I was at that same point. I said, someday I'm going to have to stand with my wife next to her dad and now her mother. And I don't want to say, I hope she's in heaven. She's a nice lady and hasn't hurt anybody. But she never asked Christ to come into her heart. Well, as I was sitting and they're just about ready to wheel her on, call it the Holy Spirit said, now is the time to ask her to receive Christ as Savior. Honestly, I've, I've done this a number of times with people, but with her mom, it was different. Uh, I found just that little hesitation to say, gee, I don't know. <coughs> and then I just got up, I went over to her, and I said, Pat, would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And she nodded yes. And that was like one of the biggest <laughs> miracles and breakthroughs. I, I thought she was going to tell me, sit down, and I'm ready to have an operation. <laughs> and so I said, well, Pat, pray this prayer. Would you pray it after me? Lord Jesus. And she said, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. And she said, forgive me of my sins. And then I said, I'm asking Jesus to come into my heart right now. She didn't say anything. And I, with all power, I said, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart right now. And she says, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart right now and, and love him forever and love him forever. I pray in Jesus' name, pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to be able to stand at her grave now. Blessed assurance, Jesus was hers.
don't miss those opportunities. And today is one of those opportunities. If you, I would like to pray a prayer. I'll say it and I offer it to you and say it. If you've never said the sinner's prayer, now would be the time to do it. Jesus may never pass through Jericho again. And you may never hear these words again, except for now. So I would encourage you to pray this prayer. Shall we all bow our heads and be in prayer? For those of you who have never asked Jesus as your personal Savior, I ask that you pray with your head and with your heart these words. Lord, forgive me of my sins. With your help, I repent. And I turn away from my sins. And I will love you with my whole heart. And I will confess Jesus as my Lord. And I will ask him to come into my heart right now. Thank you for giving me and forgiving me of my sins. And giving me a new life in Christ, in whose name I pray, and now serve forever. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, and I believe some have, it says in the Bible, all the angels in heaven will rejoice. I'd like us to rejoice here too, and I pray that you will share that. We have a a prayer couple that are coming down at the end of the service. Come up and share what you did. It's very important. The Bible said, and I said it to you earlier, that if you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, not only will you believe it in your heart, that's not good enough. You've got to confess it with your mouth. Why not? What would you be ashamed of? Why would you be afraid? You ought to be jumping for joy. I'm surprised someone isn't jumping up and down starting dancing in here. Now is the time to share it. If you can't share it with them, share it with a loved one. Share it with me if it would make any difference. Well, it's been a great time. I look forward to this day. Haven't had many chances to come and share with you, but uh, I was glad I was asked. And... Uh, I want to thank you for letting me share about the perfect timing of Bartimaeus. And the Bible says, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. And thank you for letting me share the good news about Christ and about salvation. May God bless you. May God bless us in this fellowship of believers now and forever. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.